0: A reading from Acts chapter 2. When the Feast of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Without warning, there was a sound like a strong gale force wind. No one could tell where it came from. It filled the whole building. Then, like a wildfire, the Holy Spirit spread through their ranks, and they started speaking in a number of different languages as the Spirit prompted them. There were many Jews staying in Jerusalem just then devout pilgrims from all over the world. When they heard the sound, they came on their own. Then, when they heard, one after another, their own mother tongues being spoken, they were thunderstruck. They couldn't, for the life of them, figure out what was going on. And they kept asking, aren't these all Galileans? How come we're hearing them talk in our various mother tongues? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, visitors from Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene. Immigrants from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, even Cretans and Arabs. They're speaking our languages, describing God's mighty works. Their heads were spinning. They couldn't make head or tail of any of it. They talked back and forth, confused. What's going on here? What's going on? What's going on here? What's going on here? Others joked, they're drunk on cheap wine. That's when Peter stood up and backed by the other 11, spoke out with bold urgency. Fellow Jews, all of you who are visiting Jerusalem, listen carefully and get this story straight. These people aren't drunk, as some of you suspect. They haven't had time to get drunk. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. Instead, listen to what the prophet Joel announced would happen. In the last days, God said, I will pour out my spirit on every kind of people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. When the time comes, I will pour out my spirit on those who serve me men and women both and they will prophesy they will proclaim what god has said they will declare the goodness of the lord then i will set wonders in the sky above and signs in the earth below blood and fire and billowing smoke the sun turning black and the moon blood red before the day of the lord arrives that day tremendous and marvelous whoever 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 calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved Word of God, word of life thanks be to God So there it is the moment the church was born, Pentecost, the birthday of the church certainly every mother uh, knows that moment, and most certainly God knew that moment as well when, when God established the church as the primary, not the only, but certainly the primary vehicle through which God's grace and mercy is revealed, a church that came into being through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit who, who, who came on the scene that day in the, in the rush of a mighty wind resting on each of the, of the people who had gathered that day, a wind uncontrollable, no no, no idea where it came from, and no idea where it was going. As Jesus had said earlier to His disciples, the wind, it blows where it wants, and you hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell from whence it comes and where it goes. So is true of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's one thing, of course, to have a, a gentle breeze blowing through the leaves outside. It's It's another thing altogether to have a sudden forceful belt of wind that that blows you off your feet. I I had recently graduated from college when Hurricane Hugo struck in South Carolina, of course, and many other parts of the Southeast, ripping through our communities a a Category 5 storm that killed 27 in the low country of South Carolina alone. The force of its wind was more powerful than I had ever imagined. When our kids were young, we drove to the top of Mount Washington in the White Mountains of New Hampshire at 6,300 feet. It's the highest peak in, the, in that portion of the northeast and is widely known for its dangerously erratic weather for years, holding the record of the highest wind speed in the world at 231 miles per hour. When we got to the top, we, we opened the car doors, and we were immediately overwhelmed, even on what was, what seemed to be a rather calm day, uh, overwhelmed by the rush of a mighty wind swirling around us, knocking the feet out from under our feet. The folks in Jesus' day, I mean, they knew too about strong winds. Because they were in a rather dry and a desert place, they, they were subject to what every, everyone knew as a Scleroco wind. Sclerocco was a wind that came off of the Arabian Peninsula and would have brought with it blinding dust and, and, and sand, unsettling, so unpleasant. So here comes this Holy Spirit, this rush of a mighty wind saying essentially, I'm here, I've arrived, it's an announcement and boy did everybody know it. It's, a, it's an uncontrollable power that is present through wind and through noise, and that was certainly the case on that first Pentecost morning. Then the, the, the Spirit separated into flames and settled on each one of them and did something quite amazing uh, that, that particular day. The Spirit enabled each of the people who had gathered that day to speak to other people unknown to them, folks who were even speaking in different languages. But everyone, everyone in that moment heard the gospel, the good news of God. I yearn for a moment when everyone, everyone will hear and know the good news of God. It strikes me that we've had some some moments this week when a wind, uh, unsettling and unpleasant, just blew us off our feet The police brutality in Minneapolis is frustrating to say the least, although we could come up with many different adjectives. The still image of a man, George Floyd, handcuffed and held to the ground by the knee of a police officer was tough to see, but then you watch the video of the same man gasping for breath for three full minutes. Held under the weight of the officer, bystanders pleading for his life until he becomes unresponsive, and then still held there for three more minutes until paramedics arrive. But Floyd's final breath has already been taken away from him. Unsettling, maddening. We have to be better than that. Where is the spirit in the rush of that mighty wind? Then a beloved member of our congregation died this past week. Julie's death was not unexpected, of course, but it it still took the breath out from underneath you. We knew the moment was coming when she would take her final breath. Of course we knew that she was ready to pass from this world to the next, but, but it's still unsettling. It hurts. On this Pentecost Sunday, I'm reminded that the breath we take, the breath we breathe is a miracle that I nor any of us will ever fully understand, that the heart that beats within me and keeps me alive is a miracle that I will not fully understand. That my skin that regenerates every 27 days in order to keep me alive is something I will never fully understand. All of that is happening without my knowledge uh, or my input, quite honestly. It just happens. Through the grace of God, it just happens, and so I give thanks for the gift of breath and the gift of life. Pentecost also reminds us that there are uh, always unsettling things in our path in our private journey through life and in our collective journey as a people. Events that can be unsettling, death, catastrophe, big dramatic moments that can shake you to your core, but also those, well, under-the-surface realities that taint whole societies, things like racism and elitism and systemic inequities. When they rear their ugly head, it's unsettling, it's maddening, which is why today's reading is so helpful and so important for today's church to hear. In the midst of an unsettling moment, listen to what Acts chapter 2 tells us. They were all together in one place, and then a violent wind filled the place where they were sitting, and the Spirit then filled that very room. And then in verse 4, Why? To give them ability. It enabled them. It's impossible to overemphasize that very first phrase, that they were all together in one place. It reminds us that the call of the Christian life is a call to community, the call to be together, to draw together, to celebrate together, and to cry out together. We sometimes think that the Holy Spirit is, is something that doesn't show up until the day of Pentecost, but we learn, of course, about the Holy Spirit in the first 14 words of Scripture, in the first chapter of Genesis, when the Ruach of God, that's the Hebrew word, is how the Spirit is described. This Ruach, this wind, Literally, this breath of God hovers over the waters, the very breath that forms creation and breathes life into humanity. Why? So that we might be bound together with God and with one another and with all of creation so that we might be bound together in community. What's fascinating is that this ruach, this spirit, is mentioned 378 times in the Old Testament, more often than the word Sabbath or covenant or sacrifice, which tells me that this breath of God, this ruach, is a critically important way of of coming to understand who we are as God's people, that we, you and I, are yoked to each other and to God. Don't you see? Community is an intimate part of our identity. It's how we were created. That's why a gathering of friends and family have surrounded Julie and David and Dawson for so long, a community physically present and and, and an even broader community spiritually present. God knows that we cannot face unsettling times alone. And so God breathes life into us. His ruach blows through us as we join together in one place. Who? Just a select few? Of course not. I mean, God's church is to be a people of every nation, of every race, of every tribe, of every tongue, of every socioeconomic background, no longer divided by skin color or class, but joined together by God's grace. I mean, listen to how it's described in in verse 9 of of this reading from Acts chapter 2. Parthians, Midis, Elamites, and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and even the visitors from Rome. That's how this community is described. That's how God's church is first described, people from all walks of life together in one place. It's a glimpse of God's kingdom. It's the prescription for God's church. And for what purpose? Well, the word is often overlooked, but, but it's highly important. Verse 4, the Spirit enabled them. That's what Scripture tells us in this, in this earliest story of this Pentecost story. The Spirit came, this breath of God, this wind came with a purpose. Why? To enable them, or as the NRSV says, to give them ability. The Ruach of God breathes life into us to give us ability, to enable us for what? To proclaim the good news of God, to speak words of compassion to give an extra measure of grace to each other, to gather around the bed of one who is dying so that they might feel the power of God's grace, to wrap your arm around someone who has lost hope during this pandemic and invite them to be of good courage, to cry out for justice when justice is being held to the ground by the knee of oppression in unsettling times. The Spirit comes among us to give us the ability to bear the light of Christ in a world that can seem to be rather dark. The church today needs to hear this message, perhaps now more than ever before. On this birthday of the church, let us be reminded that our call is never just to figure out how to survive, but how to breathe, to breathe with the very breath of God in order to bring life into lifeless places. I'm so very thankful to be yoked with you today as we join together in this place. People from St. John's in Salisbury to Christmas Lutheran in Bethlehem, from Guatemala to South Sudan, from Columbia to Washington, D.C., from Florida to Michigan, God has drawn us together for a purpose to breathe life into us, to enable us to breathe life into others. For 500 years, the church has prayed this prayer at the time of Pentecost. Vene Sancte Spiritus. Come, Holy Spirit. Come into my life, into my body. Breathe within me so that I might have life within my very dry bones. And so that I might be your vessel of breathing life into this world. Any sancti spiritus. Amen.